Hello, listeners. Welcome to our podcast series. I'm Beth Shaw, the founder of Yoga Fit, the world's largest yoga school. In these interviews, I will be speaking with leading experts in the fields of health, wellness, fitness, biohacking, and more. Stay tuned for an awesome show. everyone, it's Beth and welcome to the Yoga Fit Podcast. Today we're speaking with Dr. Pam Peek, who is a close personal friend of mine and New York Times bestselling author of five books, an amazing doctor and scientist and health practitioner and just an all-around awesome person who's also written the foreword to my new book, Healing Trauma with Yoga. Hi, Pam. Hey. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to have you here today. And, um, you know, Pam, just two days ago, I learned that one of the uh, gentlemen that I was at Harvard with last fall, who was actually in my living group, his son, who was 17 years old, committed suicide with no warning signs. And, you know, there's articles popping up everywhere about how many people in the military are killing themselves, that suicide rate is going up and up and up. So I just, I want your insight on what's happening and what can we do about it uh, to help people. You know, uh, good grief, it's not just military. No, it's uh, not. Clearly, I mean, how many times just in the last month, Beth, have you read about yet another celebrity or um, someone who is a young you know, uh, multimillionaire startup CEO. Instagram star. We just had one in New York a few weeks ago. Absolutely. You know, killing themselves. And and many of these people are in their 20s um, and, uh, you know, 30s and et cetera, et cetera. Also, the, the rate of suicide is up um, amongst people who are 50 and over. Uh, what's going on with that? What's happening here? Uh, well, gosh, uh, first of all, I'm going to tell you right up front, I have, I do not have all the answers, please. I was so, hoping, please. Pam, that you'd have every answer today. I uh, mean, we have yeah. a lot of solutions. Um, uh, no, I know. I thought that you would, you know, be expecting that of me. So I wanted <laughs> to say right up front, do not have all the answers. What I will tell you is the following. You know, you're right. We don't know everybody. You know, you, you sit back and you say, oh, my gosh, I would never have guessed that so-and-so, you know, would, would do that. Well, I want to just um, insert here, Pam, and I share in uh, my new book, Healing Trauma with Yoga, I have on occasion in my life been suicidal as well. So um, I get it. I know what it's like to be in that dark place. Fortunately, um, I was able to overcome it and, and move past it. Um, but, you know, I know that sometimes the darkness overtakes the light. Yes, and there's no question about that. And, you know, what happens is people who've had a past history of trauma, um, people who have a history of trauma, which, you know, involves uh, especially abuse, um, are at much, much higher risk of suicide. And look at the data, uh, the consequences of people who have um, a fairly uh, uh, robust score, and you're going to find that they have a much, much higher risk of depression, anxiety, and isolation, and suicidality. Now, what's going on with that? It's much easier for people like that 
to actually uh, feel a sense of what I call, you know, the ugly three, and that is helplessness, hopelessness, and defeat. Once you feel helplessness, hopelessness, and defeat, you're beginning to uh, slide down the slippery slope of, of just calling it a day. And this is why it is terribly important, you know, uh, for everyone out there who has any indication at all that they feel something like this, you've got to get help. Now, that is further complicated by one other thing. People who have um, a history, you know, of, of uh, finding it very difficult to show stress resilience, that means the ability to adapt and adjust to life's, you know, uh, craziness out there when you're getting challenges thrown at you right and left. All right. If you have difficulty adapting and adjusting, then it's easier to fall again down that slope of helplessness, hopelessness, and defeat, and to feel at the very bottom of the slope paralyzed. Okay, you go to a place where you feel para mental paralysis, and then you don't know which way to go. Now, further complicate that with the fact that so many people who are in this kind of mental state oftentimes are also abusing drugs and alcohol. Right, right. And so once you get into an altered state with that, then anything is possible. Then it's easier to kill yourself. It's easier to just sort of go to that place because you have now gone to um, a mental zone of numb. You are now numb. So that's why it, it, there's so much going on here that really uh, one of the things we found in studies that have been done on meditation and um, uh, vets who come back with uh, PTSD, really tough PTSD, is that meditation is one of the most powerful ways to be able to reset their ability to be resilient. And so this is why your book on trauma and yoga is um, so timely because I would hand this off to any veteran or any person, period, you know, who had a history of trauma, you know, um, which includes abuse or, or includes, you know, really tough situations like uh, wartime and the rest of it because we need something like this. So, Beth, you're doing a huge service by helping us with this. Thanks, Pam. You know, at Yoga Fit, we have our Yoga Fit Warriors program, and we're working a lot with first responders, with veterans, with enlisted military personnel, and with their spouses who often get kind of ignored in this whole shuffle. You know, we've seen even um, among some of our Yoga Fit trainers, people who are married to service, uh, military service professionals come back from wars and, you know, they're different people. Perhaps they didn't have trauma before, but they came back from you know, fighting in Afghanistan, and they had a lot of trauma, and they, you know, end up divorced and, and worse. So um, we feel it close at hand in the Yoga Fit family. We're trying to do our best to work with as many people in Canada. We're also working with the um, armed forces up there. We're trying our best to do, I, I don't want to say solve the problem, but just help people find some relief that they so desperately need. Yeah, I, you know, Everyone out there 
needs some kind of reset and relief. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your background is. You could absolutely benefit from a yoga practice um, to whatever degree you wish, as well as meditation. And again, they cross sect. Um, but I say those two words so that you really hear me loud and clear that you can't just sort of blow it off anymore. Everyone feels stress out there. Everyone is desperately trying to find the sweet spot for being able to be as stress resilient as possible. You know, really at the end of the day, Beth, one of the most important things that we all must recognize is that at the very heart of survival, you know, our ability to survive every single day is, is being able to show resilience. You know, life is tough. Let's just call it what it is. Life is tough. And this is one of the reasons why we have to be able to have the tools, the mental and physical tools, to adapt and adjust to whatever life throws our way. And again, I think personally that yoga and meditation are two of the most powerful tools we can possibly use. Clearly, eating well, clearly, getting good physical activity, all of these things are a piece of a holistic, integrative approach to um, a, a more optimal lifestyle. And I know you address this in your last chapter, don't you, in your yeah, book? Yeah, in the last chapter, Living Your Best Life, we really get into the many different ways that one can bring even small tools into daily living to really not just survive, but thrive. But it takes work, it takes discipline, and more importantly, it takes awareness. And people need to know what these tools might be. And that's what um, makes my work with YogaFit so profound is that we are giving people tools for themselves to teach others. I, I only wish we could give everyone on this planet the tools that are available. You know, many are no cost or low cost. It's just that we're not giving people the education from an early enough age to want to even identify that they have a challenge or trauma, and then two, how they can manage their own mental health. And we have to take our own mental health into our hands because really, and this is, um, you know, personally, after years of being to different therapists and psychologists and plant medicine and John of God and all, you know, all the different things that I've done, like, you still have to do it yourself. You have to do the work, but you have to know how to do the work. And Healing Trauma with Yoga is a very solution-oriented book that empowers people to be their best selves. There's only one place where success comes before work, and that's in the dictionary. Okay? I mean, I want everyone out there to hear what Beth said loud and clear. It's work, people. And now, it, that doesn't mean it's draconian work and, oh, my God, and we're breaking stones out in the hot sun or something. I'm saying that you need to pay attention to yourself, gift yourself with uh, the ability to just integrate rituals into your day every single day, even if it's a minute here and there. One of the things I hear as a physician all the time is, hey, Dr. Peak, I can't find the time. I can't find the time. My retort is always the same. What's to find? You're using the wrong verb. It's make. Exactly. Make it. You make the time. Yeah. Right? Which means it's a deliberate work effort. 
grab that little Outlook calendar on your computer, stare at it, and then you write that in as an appointment, as important as that next conference call with headquarters. And if you don't put it up to that level of priority, it is not going to happen. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, no trainer is going to do it for you. No therapist nope. is going to do it for you. No psychiatrist, no doctor, no pill. No. It's work. We need to all do the work. And, and hopefully in this book, people will find joy in doing the work. Well, yeah, because, you know, at the end of the day, um, you have to ask yourself, right, um, when – Everything involves some level of effort if it's really worthwhile in life. I don't know anything worthwhile that doesn't involve some effort. I mean, help me here. But, you know, that's the way I feel. Now, if that's really true, what I always love to do, it's a little mental game, is I say, what's the end goal here? Right? What's the end goal? Where, where am I going? And what kind of reward am I going to get when I'm finished doing X? So whether it's writing a paper, whether it's finishing that project, whatever it may be. And then I conjure up how damn good I'm going to feel when it's all done. And then I can I have something I can look at. I think a lot of people get lost in the weeds. They go, oh, it's the drudgery. Whatever. Yeah, but why are you doing this? Right. When you went to the Harvard program and I'm on faculty at the Harvard Institute of Coaching. Um, and so we're we're constantly harping on the same kind of theme. Right. Which is when you were there, Beth, you had a goal. You know, you were you were going to finish this very tough course. You were going to um, learn a lot. You're going to whatever. So a lot of people think, man, that's a lot of work. But then you said to yourself, wait a minute, I'm going to Harvard to be able to uh, garner all of this great information, network, meet amazing people. I'm going to test myself. I'm going to do all these things. So it's worth the work. It's worth the work because the way I feel about it, and I've been very blessed in life, and I, I'm, I know you have too, Beth, is if you love it enough, it ain't work. If you have enough passion for it, it's not work. And you're you know, following your passion. That's where our health is our most uh, simple example of that. It's like, you know, people, I don't like to exercise, all of that. But, you know, over the course of time, when you've got a rocking body at 50 years old and you're feeling good and you don't have any injuries or special conditions or diseases, it adds up. So all of this work, like you said, adds up to something. Yeah, and you know, one of the things um, that's really important is, uh, you know, first of all, you know, coming back to the original question about uh, the number of people who are taking their own lives, et cetera, and back and forth. Number one, if you're associated with someone like that, unless it was just ridiculously obvious that they've had already three attempts and all the rest of it, that something is really awry. But if something happens out of the blue, almost unbeknownst to you, do not under any circumstances blame yourself. Right. Because that's the first right. thing that happens with everybody. They go, my God, what did I miss? This is well, all my fault. And, and, this and that's just happen. what happened. Uh, you know, my friend uh, just hey, shared with us, like, I wonder if there's something that I could have done. What were the signs that I didn't see? You know, and people ask that question 
And my response in, in the grand majority of those situations, again, where it literally came as a surprise to a lot of people, you know, there's nothing you could have done. People will do what people will do. Right. Now, what's interesting is men, especially young men, who attempt suicide are much more successful than young women. Women tend to um, attempt it, but they're not, you know, they don't usually carry it through 100%. Um, they tend uh, to do this very differently. It's almost like a shout, a scream for help. But with men, they tend to take it to completion. And if you actually look at the numbers, that's what you actually find. So, um, you know, there's a gender difference between how both of, you know, the groups uh, manage this, number one. Number two, there are other, you know, you look at these celebrities. You look at these CEOs I mean, who are Bourdain, living high Anthony life. Bourdain, Kate Spade, you know, there's, there's yeah, I mean, a lot. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, it, it could be a, a small trigger of something that that really kicked them from a dark place to an incredibly dark place. And, you know, that's what happened with Kate Spade. I mean, so many people um, out there. I mean, her, uh, you know, the, the impending divorce um, that was taking place in her life. I mean, I know her husband probably felt horrific. I actually... Um, had one of my colleagues on uh, who is uh, the ABC medical correspondent. Um, and when when Jennifer was um, on my, that's Jennifer Ashton, she wrote a book on this um, because, you know, she had just uh, finished the divorce with her husband who was a surgeon. And they, it was very amicable, she thought, et cetera. And about 18 days after everything was concluded, they were already living in separate places, moving on with life. I mean, you know, he jumped off the bridge in New York and uh, killed himself. And she was consumed with horrible guilt. But you know something? Like we, we she talked about in her book and like we talked about on the podcast, you know, she just... She needed to work it through the whole thing about guilt. Like, was this really my fault? Should we never have divorced? Blah, blah, blah. No, you, stuff happens. Yeah, and you know, while we're, we're definitely not responsible for people's behaviors, I believe that we have a moral and social and spiritual responsibility to help people find their inner peace, their inner calm, and their inner joy so that they don't get to that place. Because, you know, from a karmic perspective, suicide then takes on a whole lot of other meanings many of which i don't know but if i were to venture to guess at you know next lifetime may be a little bit more challenging than it would need to be well there's that and also the fact that in jennifer's uh, book you know she did a lot of look at statistics do you know that for every one suicide no less than 300 people are affected yeah, I believe that to be true. In fact, sure. in my own life, when I was thinking about taking it at one time, uh, you know, I, I also thought that it probably would affect, obviously, a lot of people in our network and, and at my company, not to mention my dog. So, um, yeah, no, I, I get that. Fortunately, I was able to make some uh, educated uh, and, and rational decisions Um you know, in, in my own endeavors there, but a lot of people are just not that fortunate. You know, I'd be really curious to know 
and maybe the statistics exist, I just haven't seen them. Um, how many people out there have really allowed those kinds of thoughts to kind of float through their brain? You know, I'm especially sure nowadays. Lot. I'm sure a lot, yeah. You know, and that this is all the more reason why it's so terribly important to have a way to stop, hit the pause button, and then to regroup and reset um, so that you can become more resilient, so that you can really put the brake on um, anything that looks as though it would be uh, really truly fatally self-destructive. Because you got 300 people who are going to be affected by that, no less. 300 people, and you don't think about that. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of people who are slowly killing themselves every day with drugs, with alcohol, and with behaviors that are going to ultimately take them down. Maybe not in that you know quick moment, but uh, you know, it, ex extended suicide, if you will. And I know you touch on that a lot in your books about addiction. Yeah, you know, and you're absolutely right, Beth. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, people, it, it's sort of like you, you stand in the water and the water is lukewarm, but now we're going to start heating it up. But you don't really notice it very much because you slowly heat it up, right? Well, that's what's going on here until finally the damn thing's just about boiling and you're almost dead. Right. It's like, wait a minute, you know, you're destroying your health. Um, you're destroying relationships around you because of your behaviors. Um, you're not achieving everything you can in life. So wait a minute, you know, we got to hit the pause button and hit reset and start doing some very simple steps to take to be able to, you know, turn this around um, so that now you can live a life that is optimally um, joyful and, and enriching um, versus what you're doing now. But people are just on that gerbil wheel. You know, they're just running around back and forth and they, they won't hop off. They, they just wanna keep pushing, pushing, collapse, wake up in the morning, push, push, collapse, wake up in the morning and just keep it rocking. Well, Pam, I wanna just thank you so much for all the work that you do to help people get off that cycle and by sharing your knowledge. Well, Beth, for crying out loud, I mean, right back at you. Um, as I've always said, whenever I'm on one of your podcasts, I am honored and so pleased to collaborate with you to be able to help people. And we do it in our own special ways. Um, I, as a physician and a scientist in my work, and you know, clearly you with your extraordinary work within the whole um, realm of uh, yoga and healing. And so, you know, between both of us, we're we're a good uh, compliment to yes. get the message out there. And we need to get it out there to as many people as possible. Oh, God, yes. And with your book, especially, everyone needs to know about your new book. Healing Trauma with Yoga. Heck yeah. Pam, thanks so much. We'll catch up with you again soon. And uh, have a great rest of your day. Right back at you. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you. For more information on YogaFit trainings, conferences, retreats, and education, please go to yogafit.com. If you'd like to visit me on my personal website for health hacks, fitness tips, workouts, and more, go to bethshaw.com. Namaste, everyone.